Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight we'll go back in time to seasons past. When 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final score, which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron greats. Welcome to Gridiron Greats Football History yeah. on the Gridiron Greats Publishing and Broadcasting Network. In conjunction with Book Enterprises, we're live from the Wallingford, Connecticut home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. And I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We're now covering 150 years of football history and memorabilia. And you can find us on the web at gridirongreatsmagazine.com. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my yeah. co-host. He is a senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football memorabilia historian, specializing in pre-World War II items in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk items in particular Steve Larger. He hails from Portland, Oregon. I'd like to welcome Mr. Joe Squires. Joe, welcome to the show. Uh, this intro gave me goosebumps, Captain. I don't know what it is, but everyone. <laughs> you and just, it I is. can't even do it justice, but. Every once in a while, she just rolls years. off the tongue, Captain. Yep. 150 years That's of football nice. history and memorabilia. Yep, 1869 exactly. 2019. Like Unbelievable. <laughs> Where did the time go? Where did the time go? It's only been about 50, according to the NFL. So, well, well that's so, true. Always a pleasure, Captain. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Same here, Joe. So, I appreciate yeah. you taking time out of your busy schedule and being my co-host of now a podcast that is entering our fifth year since 2014. Wow. 
Gridiron Greats is uh, over 10 years old since I've taken it over and uh, yeah. continue to publish. And we're still there. Totally. Well, well, uh, I, I don't know if uh, we, you and I were talking about it, but uh, our, our viewers will be happy to hear, or our listeners will be happy to hear, that uh, our captain, the ambassador of football himself, Mr. Bob Swick, was recent, recently uh, featured in an STD article. Uh, a very good read. So congratulations to you, Mr. Swick. Thank you, thank you, Joe. I um, I was interviewed. For those people who haven't seen the uh, article, I was featured in an article on football wrappers in Sports Collectors Digest. Uh, I guess it was in last week's issue. And uh, Doug yep. Kotlowski, uh, who I've uh, been interviewed by several times, is a writer for SCD. Uh, we ended up spending almost two hours of time talking about football rappers and a bunch of other things in our uh, in our communication with regards to the article and uh, it was it was very interesting and it brought back a lot of good memories for me um, for those uh, just to fill everybody in on it I um, I had a very large collection of football rappers that I started saving when I was a kid back in 1965. Yep. And I, um, you know, every year I would buy packs and I would inevitably save at least one wrapper from the pack. And uh, I would, you know, I I basically had them in a shoebox up until the 1980s. And then when plastic sheets became much more popular, I I got the two-pocket sheets. And I started uh started putting them into the two pocket sheets and started to put them in a binder and I was looking at them and so on and so forth. Well, late eighties as football exploded, obviously um more cards and obviously rappers came into play more were more available, yep. so on and so forth. It was very rare at shows back in the seventies and eighties to find rappers or display boxes. So as time went on, I decided to go back pre-65 and try to collect as many wrappers as I could. And I basically reached all I could do and all I wanted to do. And then I decided at at a point where I think it's time to let it go and move on, and and I did. And I'm very pleased uh, selling them. Yeah. And I know they they went to a good home and – but it was it was, was kind of a nice trip down memory lane talking about these rappers and and so on and so forth. So um, yeah. I I've always well, congratulations. said to collectors, thank you. I always said uh, to collectors over the years to you know save save the wrapper, save at least one wrapper, put it with yeah. your card set. Oh yeah. And even in the yep. um, the explosion in 1989 up, you know a lot of a lot of collectors started saying, well, you know, I'm not going to keep up. I'm not going to collect 60 different sets from one year, yada, yada, yada. And I knew a handful of collectors who were trying to get one pack from everything and just keep the pack and the cards just to see what they were like. And, uh, yeah. again, to date, to date myself, around that time, the early late 80s, early 90s, I, I worked at a uh, small card shop in uh, the town next to where I live, in Meriden, Connecticut. And... Um, he inevitably would have people come in. They would break open packs and just, uh, you know, throw the wrapper out. So I, I used to garbage pick 
I pick rappers out, and uh, <laughs> I would save them. And then he say he would save them for me too, because he knew I collected them. But uh, those those rappers are pretty insignificant today. However, there are a lot of rappers. A young mustachioed, a young a, a young mustachioed. A lot of rappers in the past twenty years that nobody knows anything about. So, yeah. Well, congratulations to Doug at STD for landing the whale of our hobby. You know, the captain. Uh, you know, a good article. Obviously, you know, you and I have talked at length about you know going back to your car. You know. When you were, like I said, a young mustachioed, you know, ambassador of football, uh, you know, a, you know, I'm a seven-year-old, you know, seven-year-old Bob Swick with a, you know, big mustache. I was imagine walking in, mm-hmm. you know, to a convenience store, plucking down his nickel, sixty-five Phillies, yep. sixty-five tops. I had one, yep. uh, I had one problem with the article. Doug gets a little informal with you. Uh, he refers to you as Bob or Swick. I just, and I just, uh, I would, I would just prefer if people would refer to you by, you know, as you know, the captain, or the ambassador of football, or you know, like you and I are very good friends, so I can refer to you as Mr. Ambassador, you know, since we're, you know, you know, we're we're close, but yeah, just swick, just a little informal for me. I just, I'd prefer, you know, just the royal moniker, the captain, you know, if it was up to me. So, well, I'm, I'm honored if he's to at the national and the yeah. ambassador. If he's at the national him. this year, point him out to me, and I'll uh, I'll go up and correct him. <laughs> so, Doug's a good Doug's a good yeah, guy. We, uh, we've gone back several years with a, a bunch of articles, and uh, I vaguely remember, I, and I, I I hope I'm not wrong, but I'm almost positive he used to write for tough stuff way back when. And um, for those again who don't, those again who don't know, I wrote for Sports Collectors Digest roughly from 1990 to 1992. Uh, I wrote about oddball football cards, and I had a I wrote about uh, football programs and the like. So long story short, um, Doug came on the scene much later uh, than me, but uh, we we did reminisce about a few mutual friends that we knew in the. Uh, that's Sports Collectors Digest, which is a vastly different publication than it was back in the '80s and early '90s. That's for sure. So, uh, but it was a it was a nice story. It was nice seeing the uh, rappers again and uh, talk about them and the like. Uh, do you have any rappers in your collection? I'm just curious. I do. I, I used to. I, I used to want a rapper. You know, I collected wax and. Uh, uh, you know, display boxes and wrappers. And uh, I used to have wrappers from, uh, out of 48 Bowman wrapper, out of 55, you know, one of the things he mentioned in the article was the, uh, you know, the 55 Tops All-American. You know, I found a nickel wrapper from that. Uh, you know, once I, I, I had a really extensive wrapper collection. Uh, you know, Bowman's and, you know, the, the nickel, the, the 57 Tops nickel wrapper always eluded me. Uh but I really loved it, and then I don't know, like like a lot of things, I just I hit a, I hit a point probably like four years ago where I'm like, okay, this is boring. I'm gonna collect something else, and I sold them. I sold my display boxes, <laughs> I uh, you know which are very hard to ship. <laughs> I uh, you know, and I sold my my wrappers. I I kept my 52 Bowman large nickel pack wrapper, and I have a 65 okay. tops 
wrapper that I kept in honor of the, you know, in, in, in honor of you. Uh, Thank but you. that's about Thank it. I, uh, I, I get bored. Uh, that's my problem is, uh, I get bored. It's my problem at the poker table. It's my problem in our hobby. I, uh, I'll collect something and then five years later I'll be like, yeah, never mind, and, and move on. Well, you know, uh, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a question of, of being bored. I think it's just a question. Many collectors, you reach a point in what you collect that a you can't go, you may not be able to go any further. You've lost interest in it. So why keep it if you lost any lost interest in it? Move yeah. on. You know, take it, take the money you received from selling it or trading it, and and pick up stuff that you like. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that whatsoever. And I know I shocked a lot of people when I when I told them straight out I'm I'm not going to collect any more wrappers and I'm not going to collect any more display boxes, and my display boxes only go back to the late seventies, eighties, uh, and some of the nineties stuff. I never really went that far back with my display boxes because a um, I, I had a lot of tops boxes obviously because I would I would some you know buy the whole wax box and I would keep the box from uh, what I opened. But, um, you know, I'm saying to myself, here, here's another example. I, I'm going to have a tough time trying to go back to the 60s and 50s collecting any of those boxes. Yep. And, and it, just, it just doesn't overly interest me at the same time. In fact, I got my whole display box collection boxed up, um, you know, ready to be either traded or sold type of thing. So that's another thing I'm going to market down the road. But, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, though. I don't, I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a question of being bored. I just think it's a question. You, you reach a point with certain things that you collect, and, and it's time to move on. And it's not. It's really not unusual collecting anything that people do that. You know what I mean? So, uh, in, in in my estimation, the, the toughest thing that I'll have to disperse of, if I ever disperse, if I ever sell them or get rid of them, are my the actual run of cards that I have. You know, going back to the 48 Bowman all the way up to the 2015 Tops and everything in between. That's going to be the roughest yeah. roughest, uh, roughest situation for me to try to, to get rid of them. Maybe oh. at some point I'll be more – go ahead. They're, they're out there, Bob. I mean, I just sold I, – I made it about – I made it all the way through my 57 Tops set, and I loved it. Uh, one of my favorite sets, and last year I said, you know, I, I'd sold off a couple of the Hall of Famers, and I was basically like, oh, you know what, I'm going to sell this. I sold it last year sometime, and and I, I just, I, I literally, I see so many high-grade sets come up for sale. It, they'll come around. Uh, you know, if, if you wait long enough, it'll come around. Uh, right. Somebody right. like me will get bored with my wrapper set. We'll put the set up for auction. Uh, and, uh, and and you'll see it. You'll, uh, a wave of nostalgia will sweep over you, and you'll take it down. It just mm-hmm. this stuff's out there. Uh, you know, that's one thing I've learned about the hobby is it, it's out there, and uh, you know that's what makes this so fun. Is you know you 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 can dart and weave and frolic in and out of collecting things like I do, and and then you know if if I decide to recollect it, it'll be there. It, it'll always be there. You know, right. that's almost another topic. Right. What's more fun, assembling something or buying it intact? Uh, you know, I always use the 57 set as the, you know, as, as the example for that. If you put the 57 set together, you know how hard it is to collect Zeke Bratkowski. You know who Zeke is. 
Right. If right. you just bought right. the set entirely, Zeke Bradkowski is another card in the set. I mean, you know, putting the set together it allows you to get to know it and the nuances and how hard certain cards are and, you know, and sensitivity, et cetera. That, you know, that, that's half the fun is climbing the mountain versus having a helicopter right. drop you off, I guess. <laughs> you know? All right. Well, that, you but, know, that's very true because, again, it's a lot more fun to me to, to complete a set, to put a set together from one card than to buy a whole set type of thing. And, um, you know, yeah. over the years, and I, I can I just tell you from my own experiences, um, I, I in my actual run, I bought very, very few complete sets. And any complete sets I basically yeah. bought were roughly 2007, 2008 up, some of the top sets. Because they were, they, to me, they were just cheaper to buy them that way than to op- try to open up three, four boxes and still be yeah, minus cards, you know. So, uh, but my older sets, yeah, they were all piecemeal. They were all one card, one card at a time, and that's it. And again, yeah. you're talking about and that's talk about talk about being bored with something. Um, I know I've mentioned this several times, and I've talked to a lot of collectors about this, and they're they're kind of shocked when I tell them I've basically started and stopped and sold my 35 chickles three times now and the furthest i ever was was the last time i sold them all which was a few years back uh where i had i think three high numbers at the time i had pretty much the whole low number set but i just said to myself you know it it didn't do anything for me it's very difficult to put together. I, I hate spending a lot of money on a on a uh, let's say a, a fair good common from the high numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I don't I don't want to buy any graded cards because I don't you know I you know how I feel about them. I don't like them. So long story short, I mean I I sold it again for the third time, and uh, a couple <laughs> people were very shocked by it. But I, I said, don't be. I mean it, it's not something you know I. I thoroughly enjoy, or I gotta have so on and so forth. At the same time, the Mayos always fascinated me, but I'm pretty much at a dead end with those because it's tough finding any single cards that I like, and um, you know, at at a reasonable price, let's say, and/or something that hasn't been pulled out of a scrapbook, so you get all the blue spots on them. Yeah. So on and so forth. Speaking of, I'm pretty stagnant with that set type of thing. Yeah, speaking of so, Captain, uh, there is a full a, a full intact Mayo set, very low grade for sale right now. It's on auction. It includes the the anonymous Dunlop. Uh and spe- speaking of, you nailed it. They were glued into a scrapbook cuz they have all got ter- you know, uh, missing paper on the back. Right. And at one point somebody right. had thumbtacked them to a wall cuz they all have holes in them. And then at some point somebody had written on each you know, card what position the person played. So right. they're they're right. definitely definitely gently used, but at some <laughs> point, if you're buying a hundred and a hundred and what thirty thirty five year old set, uh, right, it actually right. is kind of cool to see them and the, the Dunlop, and it looks pretty good. It's centered. It's got you know nice round you know corners. It's got a hole in yep. it. It's got yep. you know left back written on it, but it's a good looking Dunlop. You know, I forget yep. who's got yep. enough for auction, yep. but you know the the price is still pretty low. Uh, you know, considering you can get an SGC10 Dunlop for, you know, I mean, what what would be the price of a just a, a beat up Dunlop? I mean, seven thousand, eight thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, I was just so, going to say probably probably 
seven to ten thousand or even about it, you know. Yeah. So uh well we've just bid up the price of that set now after this is uh yeah. recorded. <laughs> Because I'm didn't sure there's going to be about 50, uh, so, 50 yeah. people searching for that set right now and uh, saying they want to <laughs> bid on it. Type of, but uh, I no, I, I didn't I, mention I, to it. No, but if, but if, if that auction house, if, if the auction house that uh, has it listed hears this podcast and would like to advertise on Gridiron Greats, just reach out to right. Captain. Right. So, <laughs> but I will contact them. I'm no, I, but you know that's a good, that's, I, I that's a good point though. I mean, I, you know, here here you can get an affordable Mayo set. You know, for for Entirely. basically what you would spend on the Dunlop. You know what I mean? The Dunlop. So, yep. Uh, yep. It's it's amazing. It's I did really the same amazing. with my and I did the same with my chickle set. Uh, you know, about four or five years ago, Captain. I mean, I was trying to build it in all PSA eight, uh, and I right. know that right. seems odd, but it was just something I wanted to do, and I, I. And I'd taken down a lot of the, you know, most of the low number cards except for the uh, card number two. And I forget who that is. I can picture it in my mind. But card number two is hard. Uh, and then you get into the, the high numbered cards. And obviously you've got the Nagurski, which is price sensitive. Right. Uh, right. But if, if you're not putting the Chickle set together, you don't know who Boltosi is. And you don't know who Bernie Masterson is, uh, right. a.k.a. John Kerry. Secretary of State John Kerry. Uh, but, you know, those two cards, Bull Tosi is the hardest card in the set. No ifs, ands, right. or buts about it. Uh, and, the, and the price, you know, reflects that. Uh, you know, and Bernie Masterson, or not Bernie Masterson, but uh, uh, no, it's not Bernie Masterson. What, who is the, uh, the, the last card in the set? Who is that? It looks like John Kerry. Oh, um, who is the last card in the chicken set? Good grief. And mine's just blank. Yeah. I'll look, I'll look it up here. Boy, did I. But, but uh, you know, again, it's understanding a set. is just once you dig in and you start buying it, you, you understand a set. You understand who the hard cards are, and that's the fun of it. I don't know. That's what I love, you know. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, uh, it's, it's, to me, you know, part of the fun of collecting the set, to say the least, with regards to – um, you know, how you're going to collect it. And, and um, again, like you're saying, trying to find and or you understand how difficult some of those particular sets are, uh, cards in the set are to find at the same time. So yeah. that, that's another yeah. big thing. You know, you're looking, you're, let's say you're looking for a nag in, in uh, Bronco Nagurski in, in uh uh, a you know low grade condition. In fact, I got a guy right now, a collector who's looking for it. And he said, "Can you help me out with any type of, you know, very low grade, uh, chickles? Um, I'm sorry, low grade um, Nagurski." So, long story short, I, I said to him, "You know, that, that's kind of a tough card in any any type of uh, any type of condition." But I also understand that he's just trying to get, you know, the piece for. You know the one card for his own his own collection, and that's it. You know what I mean? He's not overly particular as far as as far as uh, condition is concerned, so on and so forth. So you know it, 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 it's you know it, it's the way we collect. I mean, it's how we collect. It's the fun of finding all the different um, you know the different tough cards, so on and so forth. All right, yeah. number two is Bob Melendo, yeah. and. Um, 
Oh. Going down to 36, uh, last card in the set, and my mind's a complete blank. Unfortunately, I am, uh, oh, Masterson, number 36. Bernie Masterson. Bernie Masterson. Yep. Thank you. Uh, John Kerry, a.k.a. John Kerry. It looks a lot like old, you know, old Secretary of State John Kerry. So, um, yep. <laughs> so and it's, and it's that, interesting. That, that set has some pretty. It's interesting. The three um, high numbers that I had that I ended up selling was uh, Isola. Del Isola. I had the uh, Casca card in lousy condition. And I also had the Sweet Johnston card, and that that card was about in G uh-huh. condition. So, uh, but my I love that my sweet one to twenty, card. yeah, my one to twenty four was you know they were everywhere. They were from four, and I had a couple of uh, cards I would grade V G E X, which were fine with me. But then again, I just said I I, I just can't see him putting out that money for those, uh, you know, f- for poor condition cards just to say that I have the set type of thing. You know, and I think that's where yeah. a lot of people draw the, you know, a lot of collectors draw the line at the same time. Somebody, what are you actively, are, are you actively somebody, collecting anything right now? I'm just curious. I mean, I am. I, you got anything? I, uh, my 48 leaf set I work on every week. Uh, right. I'm working on my chickle set in PSA 7. I'm about halfway there. I've got most of the low numbers. But what I like about my my 48 leaf set is uh, I've written an article for it about gridiron greats is it's just, it's just one of the most doctored sets just because of the varying of the, of the dimensions of it. What I look for is I look for fat, untrimmed cards. And if that's a PSA 5 or a PSA 6 or a PSA 7, I'll take it. I recently bought a PSA 8 card because it was beautifully centered and it had fat borders. Uh, most of the PSA 8s you see have been trimmed in some fashion. But I am <laughs> taking my time and I am uh, buying the card, not the holder. Uh, and I'm really enjoying my leaf set. Didn't I send you a Didn't I send you a picture over Christmas, over Christmas break? I uh, right, right. I went through and took pictures of each of each of my card of each of my cards just so I had them loaded up. So when I came across a good looking leaf, I'd be able to compare it with one I had in case I wanted to upgrade it. And when I looked at my photo bucket account, it had this collage of leafs. And I just took a I took a screenshot of it and emailed it to you and a, you and a couple other guys I think, uh, and right, it was just right. it looked really cool. It was just it was just this you know a screen full of leaves. But the 48 leaf, the 35 chickle, uh, I, uh, I I still have. Let's see, you know, I sold my I, I have uh, boy I sold most of my other sets. I have 1980 tops, uh, 84 tops that I'm still collecting. I haven't looked at them in years, though, but I, they're just too nostalgic for me to sell. Um, mm-hmm. but, and I'm working, on, I'm working on ticket studs, and uh, I would love to get a run of programs and or tickets from every college game Red Grange played. I'm probably 60% of the way there. <laughs> wow. wow. I know, I know that That's sounds silly. One of, these days I will, I'll, one of these days I'll post that up and just, you know, you know, there it is. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, you know what's interesting? I was just thinking about that. Is I've mentioned this before. You know, if I wasn't the you know the you know the, the co-host, you know to you know to Bob Swick here on the show, I'd I'd make a great guest. But uh, how often do people <laughs> reach out to you? You know, how often do people reach out to you for interviews like that? The SCD. I was just curious because you are the ambassador of football. I mean, 
you know. I I I normally get a couple calls during the year from various publications, including local papers, with regards to the collection or football collecting. Also, around Super Bowl time, the two local papers here normally contact me. Um, when the Packers are in the Super Bowl, obviously the party's at the house here. <laughs> and uh, I've invited. And I remember the last the last Super Bowl of the Packers. We had a bunch of media here, uh, all young newspaper reporters from three local papers. It was kind of cute. And uh, I told them, "Don't be afraid to eat. Um, I know you guys are not making a lot of money." I said, "There's good food here." I said, "Don't be afraid to take some home." So, uh, but anyways, it was. Uh, Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's usually cool. what happens. It usually happens around that time. And uh, as far as collecting is concerned, it's 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 normally once a year or twice a year I get a call from somebody. It normally happens right after the the national too, because I'll, I'll run into people that I haven't seen in a while, and they'll ask me you know, what I'm collecting. So you know that kind of thing. You got to remember too. I I have a pretty extensive collection of oddball sets, meaning um, yeah. I have inserts. Um, oddball, you know, food-type cards, so on and so forth. And I'm pretty advanced in that. And that's the one area that I always I always fall back to uh, collecting because I just enjoy it so much. And I, and I talked to a bunch of people over the years saying, I should just have a type collection of this. And, yeah, I got a lot of one-cards one from different sets. For example, Fairmont Cheats, I only got one card, uh, 69... Yeah. Um, uh, flake the uh, '69 corn flakes set, uh, team flakes wow. set. I only have one card from that. You know, there, so there's a bunch of bunch of those 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 types of sets. But then I got a, I got a lot of other sets almost complete, or I'm missing only one or two, like the '64 tops pennant insert. I only need the Jets uh, pennant, and there's two right now on eBay. But I don't like the condition of either one of them, given what they're charging for them. And I'm missing a, a Raiders uh, 1965 Topps Magic Emblem rub-off to finish that set. And that's a set from my childhood. And, I, and a lot of those uh, rub-offs were ones that I had when I was a kid back in 1965. So I would like to put that bed also. But anyways, um, you know, getting back to what, you're ask, what you were saying, what you're asking with regards to, um, you know, how they contact me or what they contact you know about so on and so forth. You know that that's usually once or twice a year is when when they'll contact me, and that's it. Cool. So uh, sports sports collectors digest. I got to say this though has has tried to make a comeback as far as articles that they're running, so on and so forth. So I think that's that's good for the hobby because again that used to be the bible of uh, for sports collectors, especially when they were you know 150 200 pages an issue weekly. Uh, but obviously those days are long gone since they're at every other week, uh, a twice a month publication uh, at the same time. Um, wow. Moving moving over to something we had talked about, what we're going to talk about before, and uh, I'll let you lead into <laughs> it. And I find it fascinating. I've watched it several times. I printed out what you sent me. I've studied it. And, uh, yeah, I'll let you start. You, you me <laughs> the uh, during the Super Bowl, the NFL ran a 100-year anniversary commercial that featured, uh, you know, a lot of current and retired football players, and by far the best commercial that was ran during the Super Bowl. And uh, 
It, uh, it's, it's, I've watched it probably 35, 40 times. I, just, I laughed during it. I, I tried to, even when it ran, I, and when it ran, I was naming people, and I was very proud of myself that I, I guessed, you know, the Franco Harris, you know, you know, uh, yeah. immaculate reception. When I saw the the wall almost hit the ground, I was like, oh, that's got to be Franco. And, you know, it was just, it was fun. Uh, but for the NFL, we've discussed, does not do a very good job of embracing its history. Uh, you know, at the beginning of Monday Night Football games, there is a, a montage of videos that play flashing back, and there's a, a brief black and white of a player running, uh, you know, and there's one of Sammy Baugh mm-hmm. arm cocked back. Other than, other than, you know, the .5 seconds, you know, you, you know by osmosis, you know, they, they, they give us – there's just nothing. Uh, you know, most right, records, right, right. You, know, you know, when they, when they throw back, they talk about, you know, post-Super Bowl era football. The only time they really mention people is when a, a, a record is broken or tied. You know, and you hear about, you know, you know, crazy legs Elroy Hirsch or, you know, this is Sammy Boss record, seven touchdowns, you know, in a game. That, that's the only time you hear it. So mm-hmm, for the NFL mm-hmm. to, put together, to, to put together a commercial like this, even though every single person in it is a modern-era football team, uh, you know, I was very proud of them. I love this commercial. There's a lot of buzz around it. I, I can't wait for how the NFL rolls out the 100-year anniversary. Because I would imagine yeah. there's a lot of yeah. people who had no flipping idea the NFL went back that old, or you know, or how it you know how it shook down, or you know who the first president was, right. uh, you know, the, to find out Jim Thorpe was involved in it sometime in the 20s. It's it's pretty fascinating. But uh, right. Right. the the uh, the first time I was able to name every player, every person in the uh, commercial is when I did that hunt and search, you know, and sent you the script that came down. So what did you think mm-hmm. about it when you saw it on the Super Bowl? Were you able to watch the Super well, Bowl, or did you have yoga class? Did you have yoga class? No, no, Sunday? no, no, no. I, uh, we, <laughs> Brenda and I watched it. Brenda and I watched it from um, to the end. And uh, long story short, I again called yet again another game of how it was going to play out. And I did say to a lot of people, unfortunately, I picked the wrong score. Because uh, I really thought it was going to be a blowout, not a um, not yeah, a low-scoring low game. I really thought it was going to be a shootout, but it wasn't. But uh, long story short, we both watched the commercial at the same time, and we both had a good laugh at it. And I said, "You got to be kidding me! They're actually, you know, doing something in honor of the hundred years." I mean, I thought it, I thought it was amazing. And again, you know that yeah. I, I've always said that I really believe the NFL wants people to believe. The NFL was formed in 1970, uh, right after the AFL and the NFL merged. So, you know, you get a lot of history summing up. You get very little history of 1969 to 1921. So long story short, uh, I did enjoy the commercial. I thought I had a good laugh watching it. Uh, It was nice to see all those people together. I'm very surprised they were able to get, uh, you know, on on, on the – or in the – what you would call in the uh, commercial itself. Same room, same room. And, yeah, yeah. So I thought that really that that added a lot to it at the same time. And I do, yeah. I do say to to you also, and I do agree with you. It's going to be very very interesting to see what they end up doing for the actual hundred hundred uh, anniversary coming yep. up. And yep. and what are and they we, going to actually all, talk about? 
Yeah. yeah. We all know Roger Goodell doesn't have the best relationship with a lot of players. So right. it's, it's right. interesting right. to see, you know, I, I would have been very interested to see who they asked, who said no, and who said yes. Because I know that it was filmed in many different cities. Like, uh, you know, who is it? Odell Beckham filmed his his in L.A. Uh, a lot of this was mm-hmm. filmed in Orlando during the pro, during the Pro Bowl. So, uh, you know, just weeks before. And, and but they right, talked about right, how many takes right. it took. But there's a lot of people who aren't a fan of the NFL, how they handled concussions, and Roger Goodell. So it is fascinating right. to see how many good names right. they got together to do this. Uh, Right. There's a lot. Right. And I'm, uh, and I'm kind of curious, too, if they're going to follow the theme for the next few seasons up to the 100th anniversary of highlighting those types of players. Because, again, and I don't have to tell you, guys from the 60s and, and a lot of guys from the 70s and guys that played in different leagues, including the World Football League and the USFL, they're, they're not looked up yeah. highly by the NFL in any way, shape, or form. So as far as I'm yeah. concerned, it, it's definitely, definitely um, going to be interesting to see what they're going to end up doing, and how they're going to present it in, in the long run. And I'm sure, you know, we'll have a running commentary com- commentary in Gridiron Iron magazine, and offering suggestions that you know they really got to look at the true history of the game. You know, because again, if you did not have the AFL, in my opinion. You did not have the WFL. You would not have the NFL the way you have it today. I don't care what anybody says. You know, and without uh, a doubt, especially the without American, a doubt. especially the American Football League. Yeah, I just uh, it, it's just it's it's good to see them. Do, I mean, just uh, and what was I just thinking of? It's just uh, how many of these people didn't get along with Goodell? It's uh, it's just I just I would love to, and as this stuff trickles, and as and as more and more of this trickles out as more people are talking about it. It'll be interesting to hear, you know, what people have to say. It's, uh, you know, but agree. I mean, you know, Bob Costas is in the news right now. Uh, as you know, it, he basically said I was fired last year uh, from the Super Bowl. It would have been my, you know, whatever. I think he said like his 40th Super Bowl. Uh, right. And right. Uh, he's like, I was fired because I talked about concussions on another show. And the NFL basically right, said, right. "Hey, you went too far. You, were, you went too far on that other show talking about concussions. Uh, you know, we don't need your help this year. Thank you. Uh, you know, yep, so I mean, yep. there, there, there's the NFL pushing back on the people who push them, and they, they've they've got billions of dollars at stake. So obviously, you know, just interesting. Uh, some of the names yeah. in this were pretty interesting. Uh, you know, and to see Roger Goodell up there, and just when you think about, you know, there's 30 people in the commercial that are named." Uh, or you know, uh, and when you think about it, maybe this is filmed in four different sites. Uh, but just still, there were probably 25 of these players in a room for two days, destroying things. It's like the uh, the girl at the end, you know, Sam Gordon was saying she was filmed, you know, last. And so when she showed up with Richard Sherman, uh, she's like, the room was destroyed. There was broken glasses. There was cake everywhere. There was, you know. You know, tables crunched into, so it was pretty interesting to hear the different takes on it. I, I just, I'm enamored with this commercial, and I've done a lot of little homework on it. But you know, Peyton Manning, uh, you know, you know, Peyton Manning in it, Dick Budkus in it, Michael Strahan, golf clapping, uh, you know, Drew Brees, 
Uh, the, mm-hmm. the first person to appear is Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell, obviously, at the at the podium. The third the third person that flashes to his is uh, Drew Brees, who obviously, you know, was you know, isn't very happy with the commissioner for how they handled right. that you right. know that pass interference call. Marshawn Lynch, not saying a word like normal, tipping over the cake and fumbling yeah. the ball. Uh, Mike Singletary's crazy eyes when he takes his glasses off, and you see his eyes yeah. are crossed. That was I've yeah. read so many times about people quarterbacks looking over the line at Mike Singletary coming up behind the nose ta- or behind the uh, you know the nose guard and just those right. eyes staring at them. You know, you know, yep. and just how yep. crazy his eyes were. And for them to focus on that was really good. Uh, you know, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey was new to it. Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, where Michael Irvin says, I'm open. And, and Montana yep. says, no yep. can do, cowboy. And then throws an interception, you know, trying to hit Jerry Rice. I wish Jerry Rice would have been a little more prominent. In it. I mean, for the greatest receiver of all time, and not even close, second place isn't even half of his accomplishments. Would have been nice to see Jerry yep. Rice not inter- not intercepted, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the seventy yeah. the seventy two yeah. Dolphins. Everybody's dressed in dark colors, you notice, and then it pans yep. over to the yep. seventy two Dolphins. Larry Little, yep. Paul Warfield, and Larry Zonka sitting there wearing their dolphin, you know, their dolphin colors, which is pretty funny, and obviously staying out of the fray, sipping champagne. Just a nod to the uh, undefeated season, which I, I thought was a nice yep. touch. Yep. Yep. You know. And I and to uh, me, I was I was very surprised I was very surprised to see Zaka into something with the NFL after what he went through when he jumped to the WFO and had to come back and uh, oh. you know, was not a was not pleasant in any way, shape, or form when he came back to the NFL. So that that that's, that was very interesting to see him see him there and with Warfield too and Little. You know, I actually Very I forgot about that. I I I'd actually forgot about that. I've been looking at the names and trying to think about the dynamics between them and the you know the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that one. You know, uh, Barry yeah. Sanders looked good. You know, with a good move. Uh, Emmett yep. Smith yep. in it. Peyton Manning stealing the show, throwing a throwing a uh, pass and then wincing that his arm hurt. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I couldn't figure out who the guy was, you know, hunched down low, you know, staying low behind tables, who then, uh, you know, then who, who then tackled with Adrian Tomlinson, uh, and I found out it was Ed Reed who had just been inducted right. into the Hall of Fame the the day before, but Ed Reed looking crazy eyes and uh, you know stalking LT and then tackling him on a table, you know Jim Jim Brown there staying out of the fray. Right, right. Tom that's, Brady that's handing Baker, big, 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 yeah, big, uh, big, yeah, thing, big thing to see Jim Brown and something like that too at the same time because he's he's not overly a big fan of the NFL either. So, oh, that was yeah, really good point. To Tom Brady handing Baker Mayfield uh, five Super Bowl rings and saying, "Hang on to these," you know, just kind of a nod yep. from the, uh, you know, from the old guard to the new. Uh, yep. Terry Bradshaw got a lot of playing time. I mean, as, uh, you, you know, as somebody, you know, he was, you know, pump faking and throws it to Larry Fitzgerald. Somebody tips over a table in front of him. Uh, but, uh, Franco Harris, immaculate reception right after a nod to that. I'm just, I'm running down this list here because, I, 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 again, I'm enamored by this. 
Uh, you know, <laughs> Russell Wilson makes a, makes a brief appearance along with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yep. Yep. Odell Beckham. Two officials, uh, Sarah Thomas and Ron Tor- Torbett. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Torbett, obviously, the sixth African-American, you know, referee, which I didn't know. Uh, right. Sarah right. Thomas, right. the first female referee. And them calling it a yep. reception and a first down was, was kind of fun. Vaughn Miller, Richard Sherman wrapping it up, uh, you know, with Sam Gordon. Yep, yep. And, yep. All in all. I've, I've watched that thing probably 30 times, and I enjoy it every time, and I pick up on another nuance every time. I just – I love that commercial. So, it's, it's inter- Again, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what they're going to end up doing uh, in the future uh, for future um, commercials and the like. Because they pretty much, in my opinion, set the standard with this. This is going to be a tough commercial to, to tap, obviously. And, yeah. And uh, because of it – Yeah. You know, you know, their creative uh, marketing people are probably, you know, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to figure out the next commercial type of thing. I want to doubt it, to say the least. Uh, one point, you know, talking... I, go ahead, go ahead. I, I thought about that. I thought about that, Captain, because you and I, you know, talked about that. And uh, the, I, I think the only way they could top it would be to interweave black and white footage of, like, Red Grange running down the field, uh, you know, you know, Jim Thorpe standing there and, you know, in his Canton Bulldog jersey. The, the only way they can top this is to just grab some old footage and just uh, and pay someone to weave that in, you know. Right, uh, right. And just and, and embrace it. The problem is, is there's a lot of people who don't know who a lot of those old-timers are. So if you see Red Gray exactly. standing there – in an old Bears uniform, there's going to be a lot of people like, well, who the hell was that? You know? Right, right. You know, who's, and, who's, the Indi- who's the Indian-looking Indian looking guy with the C on his chest? I have no idea who that is. So, you know, then it'll be up to social media to put names to faces and, and why, you know? Right, right. And I want to um, – I also want to tie in uh, on S- Super Bowl Sunday, obviously, congratulations to the Patriots – and um, Belichick's incredible coaching. But at the same time, yeah. that weekend, long overdue, and he's finally in the Hall of Fame, Johnny Robinson. And our, as we know, AFL guru Todd Tobias spent a lot of time and a lot of effort uh, pushing and leading the way for Johnny to get in. Yep. And uh, yep. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that he. Uh, was able to get elected finally in a long, long overdue um, acknowledgement of what a phenomenal career that guy had. And I'm glad he's alive to enjoy it. And um, it'll be great yeah. to uh, to see that in August. And, again, it's interesting. The um, induction weekend is the same weekend as the National Sports Collectors Convention. So um, oh, yeah. it, it, I, I, gonna be, there's going to be some people I know leaving – the national <laughs> early, yeah. And getting over to Canton from Chicago to to get there on Saturday for the ceremony and the game. So uh, I, I'm, I'm somehow hoping, somehow hoping, hoping out of the blue, uh, a couple tickets fall my way, and uh, Brenda and I can get over there from uh, Chicago to see it. But we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up, but. <laughs> 
We'll see. I'm gonna we'll have see, to meet I'm that. Gonna have to meet that Todd. Gonna have to meet that Todd Tobias fellow one of these days. Just uh, <laughs> there's a there's a joke in our in our hobby. You, you know, yeah, I've I've met Todd several times, uh, and but just somebody. So I, I don't even know who it was, but somebody a long time ago was like, you know, who's Todd? And they're like, well, you had dinner with him last night. Oh, that was Todd? Oh, I didn't know that. So <laughs> the phrase, the phrase, I'm going to have to meet Todd Tobias one of these days has just become a nod to, you know, one of those funnies, uh, you know. Uh, so, Todd, congratulations on Johnny Robinson getting in there. I've, uh, in all honesty, I'm I'm humbled. I've never known someone who helped get someone into the Hall of Fame and your yep, Herculean yep. effort to uh to get someone in is is pretty cool and just being right. able to get you know text messages and updates uh being able to get text messages and updates from someone who's in with the family you know when somebody right. gets the knock on the door is pretty damn cool uh yep it's just yep. it's just how how cool is our hobby that we can we can have one of our own you know hobby enthusiasts who is involved with you know a senior hall of fame inductee and and the family recognizes that and includes you know Todd in you know in that whole that day that special day uh, that knock right. on the door comes right. once in a lifetime and it is and it is a lifetime of buildup so uh, it was just yep. it was really cool. I mean, I was on pins and needles. Uh, you know, back when I used to collect the Hall of Fame rookie card set, I was really involved in, you know, the vetting process of, you know, whittling it down and this and this person and that and who's going to get in and the senior, you know, uh, you know, et cetera. And, uh, and, uh, and I used to really pay attention to it. I probably – I haven't listened to a Hall of Fame announcement in probably three years. Uh uh, wow. You know, as I wow. drifted away from as I drifted away from the Hall of Fame rookie card set, uh, I just stopped. And uh, this year, I definitely paid attention. I, I knew all the dates, I knew the times things were being announced, I knew it all. And uh, and it was just because of Todd Tobias's involvement in the whole thing. Yeah, it was you know? great. I'm, I'm so, so, ha- was so happy for Johnny. And um, you know, I look back. I wrote, I don't know how many letters to the committee for Jerry Kramer over the years until he finally got in. And I I, I don't care what anybody says. I, I know with Kramer, it has to do with instant replay. It has to do with the yep. bias against too many Packers in the Hall of Fame, yada, yada, yada. But you know what? That That's yep. bull as far as I'm concerned. Kramer should have been in a long, long time ago. He didn't have to go through what he did. Yep. It's the same thing with guys like Johnny Robinson. They shouldn't have to have waited until their age today to finally be acknowledged that they were one of the best football players of their era. And if you get into the chronic argument that there's a, a lot of people, a lot of guys for different time frames and different periods who were the best of that era. You can't say there's one player from any, and I, this is my opinion. You can't say there's one player that's the greatest football player who ever walked the earth. Because every era is different. I don't care what anybody says. And, and I'm yeah. not going to take anything away yeah. from Tom Brady. He's a great quarterback. He's an intelligent quarterback. And you know what? He, he, is, he is one of the you know one of the best quarterbacks of this time period. But, again, I can't say he's the best of all time just because he's got six Super Bowls. 
ranks. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I agree. It'll be I, it'll be would, interesting. Would Tom to Brady have like would, would would Tom Brady have the success he has back in the '60s Smash Mouth kind of football where you know you right, got three right. steps or you know, whatever it was, two steps after a quarterback threw the ball to continue your movement. <laughs> I mean, if you yeah, you think exactly. about that now, you know your you know your head. It's just some of the some of the roughing the passer calls are are ridiculous and are comical oh, ridiculous. to watch. You know, yep. No, you're absolutely right. Would yep. Johnny Unitas have, you know, yeah, just think about some of You know, there's a famous photo of Len Dawson smoking a cigarette on the sidelines, you know, looking at a playbook. I mean, you know, how good would some yep. of these guys be in the fast-paced, uh, you know, and you can't. You you have to compare it by era. It's, uh, right. you know, Tom Brady, would he be able to take a punch? Would he be able to stand in the pocket knowing that nobody can roll over on him or, you know, or – He's going to get knocked on his butt every single play by Dick Budkus, you know. Uh, right. You know, right. it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's impossible to say. Uh, yeah. Yep. One thing for certain, though, uh, Bill Belichick's up there. I mean, who knows? In 20 years, it might not. It might be the Belichick Trophy, not the Lombardi Trophy. Right. Right. Oh yeah, I, I could I could see that down the road. I really can. Um, but again, I do agree with you. The game of the 1960s is dramatically different than the game of the 2010s. So, you know, it was a much different ball game. It's a different ball game. It's, everything is, is so radically different. Uh, the equipment is radically different, and so on and so forth. So it's you know, it's it's a completely different era. And again, you know, because there's a bias against the American Football League, a lot of these guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, they're fortunate they have a, a person like Todd Tobias backing him to try to get him in. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, he's very successful with, with Robinson. And like I said to him that day, as I sent him the text, I said, okay, uh, better, get, get, better start working on your next, uh, your next inductee. Who's it going to be? And again, Todd should really be appointed to that senior committee because he is an expert in the American football league. I don't care what anybody says. You know, you got you got a lot of guys there that don't understand and don't know the history of the game, except for the '80s up on those committees, and that's a that's a problem. That's a real problem, and uh, it's not going to change know, until uh, you get more more specialized people there. Well, I can say with great certainty, Todd will have one of the tickets to the Hall of Fame, uh, which means I won't be able to. Uh, you know, to see him at the uh, at the national this year, perhaps. Uh, last year, I was getting my picture taken at the PSA booth, and he came up and tackled me. So it was a really yep. good picture of him taking the wind taking the wind out of me. You know, at that PSA booth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just, uh, I, I, I think the guy. Oh, I got to tip. I got to tip my hat to him. You're right. He know he knows his football. And uh, anybody else, you know, who's like, well, you know. You know, let, yep, let me yep. text. Uh, let me let me text Tommy Tommy you know Davidson you know and, and see what he thinks. And you're like what? Oh yeah, no, yeah yeah. Lance Allworth and I were hot tubbing the other day and we were talking about this. You know, huh? Lance Allworth, you, we were hot tubbing with Lance Allworth. What? Got it. And I'm I'm being facetious, yep. but it's it, it's it's how I imagine it. You know. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, we're almost tip, we're tip almost of the hat. We only got a few more minutes, uh, so we're going to go into our uh, goal line stance and two minute warning and wrap up. Um, 
far-reaching show tonight uh, as far as what we talked about. A lot of very, very interesting things and where we're going and what we're doing, so on and so forth. Real quick, Red Iron Greats Magazine, strong as ever. Uh, we've got a couple very big issues planned for our spring and our summer issue, the national issue coming up. A couple surprises here and there. We'll talk about it later. Uh, Joe, I'm going to hand off to you quick. Uh, it's tough to say. What would you learn on tonight's show? <laughs> all over, Bob. First of all, I, just, I have the best seat in the house. Uh, you know, every once in a while I just stop and I listen. I just realize that uh, how special it is to just be able to sit down with the ambassador to football, you know, once a week for an hour and just talk football. It's it's something I'm, I'm definitely humbled by. So, uh and, and so it's always fascinating to see somebody reach out to uh, interview you and how it must feel the interviewee to be interviewed by someone, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it so, is. How about you? It's, kinda, it's, it's, it's different for me when I do get, you know, get the call and ask, you want to, you know, want to do an interview, so on and so forth. And, you know, again, I, I enjoy it. I, you know me. I want to spread the hobby as much as possible. And and to me, wrappers and display boxes have always been overlooked to a certain degree. I think they'll they're, they're much more respected than they were 25, 30 years ago in the hobby, which is good. And that's a positive for the hobby, to say the least. Um, I, you know, tonight too, looking at that commercial, and I'm sure later tonight when I. Uh, we listen to this program. I'll probably be watching the commercial at the same time to see what else I can find. I, I have to say, that, I did this, not watch it as many it, times as you watched it. So that's a, that's a big difference. So, so I got to get caught watch up. Watch the with commercial and, and and read the play-by-play that I sent you that explained what each you know one was. I love the commentary, yeah, I mean, I got, the guy who broke it down. Too. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it right in front of me. That's what I was referring. Read it several times. And yeah. Fascinating to me. But again, I, I'm focusing more on the older players than, than the newer players. And uh, I just found, like I said, I found it fascinating. Zaka was in it, Brown, and, uh, and and the like. But it was a good laugh. I enjoyed watching it at the Super Bowl. I won't go on record. I did not like, and not to not to bother anybody, but I really disliked the halftime show this year. It was it was a lousy. To say the least, and I suggest the what? for the hundredth anniversary what? Super Bowl uh, halftime show should be marching bands playing uh, good football music. That's my honest opinion. Oh, you didn't like the halftime show? Got it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, did I. So, yeah. I mean, they they should go back to three, four marching bands, a couple of high schools, a couple of local colleges, and let them play. Let, let's have some uh, the real glamour of the game again. And, and really see gets really see something different than than that. That that was just you know we walked we both walked away from it uh, type of thing while watching. And then when the when the kickoff came back on and we were all set. Now we're down to thirty seconds. Joe, thanks for being on. And again, anybody interested in if you're not a subscriber, RedIronGreatsMagazine dot com. All the information there, sample issues available, so on and so forth. And uh, well, we'll be back pretty quickly with another show. And uh, we're going to have a very interesting special guest coming on that. Joe, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Uh, My pleasure, guys. And, and I'd like to thank all our listeners. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our podcast, Gridiron Greats, three of memorabilia on the Gridiron Greats Podcasting <laughs> and Broadcasting <laughs> Network. Good night. Bye.
Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.